0: hello and welcome to this week's edition of the we are podcast on the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network Corey geiger coming to you from bloomington indiana And just so you know, if you've never been out here to Indiana, to Hoosier land, you know, you remember how Terrell Pryor once said, that place is too country for me, when he was talking about going to Penn State. So he went to Ohio State and said, you know, driving out to Indiana, and I've been here numerous times over the years and actually made the drive, uh, you want to talk about being out in the country, it's fascinating. It always makes me think of that Terrell Pryor, that place is too country for me thing, because Indiana's in the country. Going down to Auburn earlier this year, I made that drive. That place is in the country. It's interesting how many college campuses are just kind of in the middle of nowhere. So that's apropos of nothing. Penn State destroyed Indiana 45-14. to Game was tied at 7-7. Then Penn State scores 38 unanswered points. Indiana gets a garbage touchdown at the end, 45-14. Very impressive performance by Penn State, holding Indiana, less than 200 yards of offense, 11 first downs. Indiana, man, wow. They got all kinds of problems. They played three quarterbacks. Their starter was out. It just looked like a game going in that, you know, a lot of people might have thought, hey, trap game, Penn State, how are they going to bounce back from the Ohio State disappointment? But really... And I wrote about this at DK Pittsburgh Sports in my preview. I never saw this as a trap game, quite frankly, because Indiana sucks. I mean, Indiana, uh, they're 3-6 and now. Uh, Doesn't seem like they're going to win another game this year. People out out here don't think that they'll win another game. Just a real disappointing season. Because what Indiana does, they've got this fast-paced offense. You've got to have an accurate quarterback. You've got to have... A a good good receivers. You're going to run this offense. You got to have the personnel, and they don't have the personnel. So anyway, this was the kind of game you just kind of figured Penn State could come out here and play really well, especially defensively, and they did. So uh, easy victory. A lot to feel good about. Sixteen tackles for loss. Sixteen tackles for loss. A program record. uh, Just really impressive. Defensive performance, but again, uh, Indiana's offense just is not any good. You took their start at quarterback. Fascinating story, really bizarre story. The guy who started at quarterback for Indiana, Jack Tuttle, he's already announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal after the season. So (laughs) that's the first one. I haven't heard that. that, Hey, you're going to go ahead and go. You're going to bolt and everything, but go ahead and stick with us. Keep, Keep playing. Hey, maybe we'll start you against Penn State. All right, so anyway, real good performance from Penn State. Katron Allen continues to emerge as the best running back on on this team. Uh, More than 80 yards rushing, more than 70 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Nicholas Singleton did have a good second half as well. But uh, the running game got going. you really a whole lot to like about Katron Allen. Just a, a good, hard runner. Looks much more like a Big Ten runner right now than Nicholas Singleton does. Sean Clifford threw an early interception. It was a bad interception. I wasn't listening to the game on TV. My understanding is Dan Orlovsky on the broadcast kind of got into Clifford a good bit. Believe me, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback situation coming up in the second segment. But you know Sean Clifford managed the game. He he did he did a nice job getting uh, you know handing off to Patron Allen and getting some some short passes. Uh, and and it ended up working out, but Indiana was never a threat, so Penn State's defense was constantly in control of the game, giving the offense more and more opportunities. you got to feel really good, though, if you're Penn State, about coming out here and playing like this. I've been out here a number of times to Bloomington, tough games, pulling-teeth kind of games. I was here two years ago covering the two-point conversion game that I still think was bogus to this day, but Indiana won that. Um And, you know, I've been out here a number of times, close games. Indiana just kind of hangs around a little bit, and that wasn't the case today. Penn State came out, really kicked some serious rear, and it was neat. As a media member, you just hope to get some personality, some truth, some honesty, that kind of stuff when you ask questions of players or coaches. And Sean Clifford, you know, kind of smiled, said, yeah, we were pissed last week after losing to Ohio State. You know, that's, that's what you want to hear, you know. And so it was the follow-up was, well, well, why were you pissed? He said, well, we, we thought we played well. We had the lead. You know, a lot to, a lot to like on film. And I do think that's something we, we need to remember. Even with the disappointment of the loss to Ohio State last week, Penn State led that game after 51 minutes, 21-16. And so what do we truly know about this Penn State team? Still hadn't been a ranked opponent. But, you know, when they're playing well and things are clicking and they got the complimentary football going, it is a it is a pretty good team. Certainly, you don't have a real high-level, efficient quarterback. But what you got is what you got with the 60-year guy, Clifford. You know, we'll get to more of that here in just a minute. Really liked what they did in the running game against Indiana. Uh, just every phase of the game was really good. And the most important thing, I talked about this a good bit earlier in the season when Penn State got off to the 5 0 start. The confidence factor was the big thing. Well, Penn State's, they're flying home Saturday night after you've already, after you're, when you're listening, they're already back in state college. But the confidence of all those kids and everybody in the program, they they came out here, they kicked some serious rear, they get to feel really good about themselves. Maryland lost on Saturday. Uh, you know, so the, you got Maryland coming up, and then you got Rutgers and Michigan State. The chance for 10-2, and two, certainly still very much there. The chance for an Orange Bowl berth, certainly still very much there. What does 10-2 and two mean? What would it mean? Well, it would mean no wins over ranked teams, so it still might be a little bit hollow. But at the same time, I'm not going to be hypocritical when we've talked so much the last two years about James Franklin going 11-11. and 11. Hey, if he comes back with a 10-2 year, yes, they'll have lost to Michigan. Yes, they'll have lost to Ohio State. Yes, they will have blown the game against Ohio State when leading in the fourth quarter at home. But 10-2 would be 10-2, and, and especially with some of the impressive you know, scores that they've had, if they can finish strong and win some win some games handily. You know, James Franklin absolutely will look at 10-2 and, and say, hey, look, we got the program back after going 11-11. All right, we'll step away for a quick break. Coming up in the second segment, the quarterback situation. Why did we not see Drew Aller a lot more against the Hoosiers? back to the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. So, a lot of people went went into Saturday's game at Indiana, one, wondering who would be the starting quarterback, and then two, even if you assume that was going to be Sean Clifford, the feeling was, okay, how much will Drew Aller play? What situation will he be put in? Could there be some type of rotation? Would he get a lot of meaningful snaps? All of that sort of stuff. None of that happened. Uh, None of that happened. And we've been given the indication based on the game against Indiana that that's not going to happen. A lot of you want it to happen. A lot of you want Sean Clifford to be benched. Uh, Many Penn State fans are tired of the Sean Clifford experience. And again... Even in a forty-five to fourteen victory, Sean threw an interception. He managed the game. It was a very windy day. He managed the game well. Threw some nice balls. Overthrew a couple. You know, didn't he? He didn't have to win the game. The running game did well. The defense did well. But it, it was just fascinating. Penn State gets up seven to nothing, and we're kind of thinking ourselves, "Hey, maybe Drew Aller will get a shot here." No, Indiana comes back, ties it seven-seven. Penn State goes up 14-7. Hey, what about now? Give Drew Aller some meaningful snaps early in the game. You're up. Your defense is playing well. Didn't happen. Penn State goes up 21-7. How about now? Well, this would be a, still a good spot. You know, your defense is playing. Didn't happen. 24-7, didn't happen. And so James Franklin said after the game, he was asked, you know, what you know, what goes into the quarterback decision. And he said, quote, Nothing had changed, end quote. So, let's dive into all this, what it means, because it's easy to sit here and say, and I absolutely am of this belief, that Drew Aller needs to be playing, needs to be getting as much experience as possible down the stretch, because that is what will help him, and that is what will help the Penn State football program going forward. We discussed, however, in the first segment, James Franklin wants to go 10 and 2. James Franklin wants to tell everybody, hey, take that by getting to the Orange Bowl. Okay, well, you lost to Ohio State, you lost to Michigan. Even if you go 10 and 2, it's kind of hollow, right? Well, if James Franklin goes 10 and 2 in year one of his 10-year contract extension, he can tell everybody, hey, back off. 10 and 2, orange bowl. There was a lot of speculation throughout the week. Okay, maybe James will look toward the future a little bit. Maybe he'll play Drew Aller. We didn't see it, and so again, we need to be prepared that we're not going to see it. All right, you got Maryland this week, Rutgers, Michigan State, and so uh, you know Maryland's okay. They're not great, but they should. They might be able to keep Penn State. You know, keep it in, in a game somewhat close. Rutgers, you wouldn't think so, but they play they play a little bit of defense. And then Michigan State, you know, is is always uh, a possibility to, to at least play a good you know close game. So I don't think we're really going to see Drew Aller much. My, my, my feeling of play Drew Aller maybe every third series, and especially if you're up a score, give him some meaningful reps, get him some series in the first half. I don't I don't think that's happening. And I know if you're listening to this, you probably want that to happen. And you probably agree with me that it would be best for the program going forward if that could happen. Because see, here's the thing: it's not, it's not an either or. It's not a play Sean Clifford and win, or play Drew Aller and lose, but get him experience. You can play Drew Aller and still come out here and beat Indiana. Indiana's awful. Can you play Drew Aller and beat Maryland? It's at it's at home next week. I, I think you could. But they're not going to. Could you play Drew Aller and beat Rutgers? Yes. Could you play Drew Aller and beat Michigan State? I don't know. But if James Franklin is sitting there hellbent on going 10 and 2 and getting to an orange bowl and telling people, hey, back off, his incentive is that one and O mentality that we've heard him talk about a thousand times. And he talked about it on two. This was interesting to me. I've been in the media 30 years. Sometimes I'm right about things. Sometimes I'm wrong about things. I listened to James Franklin on Tuesday talk about the one only mentality a half dozen times. I listened to him say, I don't really like the tone of the question about playing Drew Aller more. He said he gets it, but he doesn't like the tone of it because it makes it seem like these games aren't important and there's still a lot to play for. My feeling coming out, I wrote this on Tuesday, my feeling coming out of this is that Sean Clifford's going to be the starter and Sean Clifford's going to play a lot and, and that probably nothing would change. And because that was my perception when James Franklin, just the way he went about it, one zero, one 1-0 mentality, 1-0 mentality, don't like the tone of the question. I thought it was pretty obvious that nothing's going to change. Hey, you know what? Nothing changed. Sean Clifford's still the quarterback. Aller didn't come in until it was 31-7 to in mop-up time. And then James Franklin told us after the game, nothing had changed. We had one conversation with it as a staff. Everybody was in agreement. Tells you that Sean Clifford's the guy. But it's interesting, in my 30 years of being in this business, I thought it was pretty obvious what was happening. And and, and I I think I know the way James Franklin talks and operates well enough to know that he wasn't going to make a change. But there were a lot of Penn State media writers, beat writers, that, wrote stories about, hey, maybe there's a competition now. Maybe there, it's a little more up in the air. I, I really didn't get that at all. <laughs> I just didn't. I, I, and, and so sometimes in the media, the way we, look, so, folks, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. If I were dead wrong about it, hopefully I would be, you know, own up to it and say, hey, I was wrong. But I was absolutely right about this. And I didn't think John James Trangle was going to change anything. And he didn't. And I'm a little surprised that a lot of media members kind of got carried away with it, thinking that there was going to be a change. If you go back and you listen to the one and O mentality, one and O mentality, one and O mentality, one and O. Look, folks, a lot of you might think Sean Clifford sucks, but for four years he's been the starting quarterback, and for four years James Franklin has had the one and O mentality with Sean Clifford as a starting quarterback. You can sit there and, and feel in your opinion that Sean Clifford it does not give them their best chance to win, but James Franklin feels that way. Okay, and so, again, I was just a little surprised. I think I think a lot of people might have gotten kind of searching for a story for the for the reporters and then fans searching for hope. That, hey, maybe Sean Clifford. You know, there's supposed to be a meeting between James Franklin and Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford wanted to meet. So I heard people say, hey, maybe Sean Clifford's going up to James Franklin saying, hey, you can go ahead and start the kid. You don't need to start me. I mean, that was a theory. That was a rumor. (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, look, I, I it just doesn't work that way in big time college sports. Not with a you know, not with everything Sean Clifford ha- has has been through. And so it was fascinating to see the way it played out. And I, hey, look, I was prepared to be wrong. I really was. If we'd have come out and seen Drew Aller play a good bit and they split series, I was going to come on this podcast and I was going to write, "Hey, I I was wrong. I thought I thought he would stick with Sean Clifford, but I'm glad that he's giving Drew Aller a shot." Instead, he stuck with Sean Clifford. Didn't give Drew Aller much of a shot until the game was essentially over at thirty-one to seven, and that's that. You better get used to it, because he flat James Franklin flat told us after the game. Everybody in that Penn State program is in agreement. Now, you know, people were kind of grasping for straws, looking for things. Oh, well, he, he went and talked to Ken Wisenhunt. And he talked to Manny Diaz. And he talked to Mike Yersich. And he talked to Danny O'Brien. Well, maybe that means that James Franklin getting wishy-washy here. And he's going to make a change. Nope. Nipped it in the bud. After the game, James Franklin said we were all in agreement. We had one conversation. Everybody saw it the same way. So what does that say? I want to I probe this for a minute. I can sit here and say Drew Aller is the future of the program and that they can maybe beat Maryland and Rutgers and Michigan State with him. How many of you get the feeling that James Franklin and the Penn State coaches don't think Drew Aller is remotely close to being ready? Do I know that for a fact, that he's not remotely close to being No, I don't know. He looked decent in mop-up time, through a couple short touchdowns. He looked fine. What I'm saying is I get the feeling because look, if you're going to stick with, if you're, if you're so adamant that Sean Clifford is still the guy after four turnovers against Ohio State, if you're, if you're so adamant that, that all it took was one conversation with your staff and everybody was in agreement and nothing has changed, that tells me there's, there's not even remotely a competition. You see what I'm getting at? We want there to be a competition. We want to see Drew Aller play. You want to see Penn State prepare for the future. I want to see what the kid can do. I want to see him get all these opportunities and situations that will maybe help Penn State beat Ohio State and Michigan next year or in a couple of years. I wanted to see him start at Indiana. You know why? First road game next year is at Illinois. Week three. That's going to be a pretty tough game. That's going to be Drew Aller's first career road start. Most likely, unless something crazy happens when they go to Rutgers. So the point is, we want these things... To be true, and we want to see or we want to think that Drew Aller is pushing Sean Clifford for playing time. And I don't really think that's true at all. And that's, you know, that's just my opinion based on what we've seen. But the fact that, you know, James Franklin is still adamant to play Sean Clifford. And talking about the 1-0 and o mentality, again, it was interesting to see throughout the week as more and more writers and more and more fans kind of maybe let themselves believe that this week could be a little different. And then it turns out on Saturday, when there was a chance for it to be different, nothing had changed. Sean Clifford is the quarterback. Sean Clifford is going to continue to be the quarterback. Drew Aller is not really going to play very much unless Penn State's got the game in hand. I mean, we learned that Indiana's terrible. They're terrible. They had no prayer of coming back in this game. At 21-7, 24-7, why the hell would you not play Drew Aller? James Franklin doesn't want to. Take a break. Be back in segment three. Welcome back to our third and final segment of the We Are podcast. Uh, Alabama lost. Great call by LSU to go for two, beating Bama in overtime late Saturday night. That's two losses. That takes Alabama out of the college football playoff discussion. Georgia ends up pounding Tennessee. Gotta love Georgia's hopes to get to and perhaps win the national title. I really think the only other Team that can challenge Georgia for the national title would be Ohio State. Ohio State had issues playing in some crazy weather at Northwestern. They ended up winning twenty-one-seven. So at this point, I get asked this a lot: Who is your uh, who, who you like for the college football playoff? Well, certainly Georgia, certainly Ohio State. Um, you know, Michigan is still there, and you take a look at Clemson; they're still there. What could happen with Tennessee? You know, some things in the uh, in the SEC. What might happen there? We just don't know yet. Um, but I, I certainly like Georgia and Ohio State for the national championship game. And at this point, hey, look, you know, Ohio State, well, I like a lot of their pieces. Uh, I just – I don't know that they're going to be able to handle Georgia and all the experience that all those guys have and Georgia's great defense. So, at this stage, I'd pick Georgia to win the national title. But Alabama losing, man, that's – uh, that's something I know a lot of the country loves to see because – you just kind of get tired of seeing Alabama in the mix all the time. And this this is just not really a great Alabama team. It just, it's just not. You know, they got Bryce Young, but the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Barely beat Texas. They've struggled in some other games, and they end up losing at LSU. I uh, hate to kind of give credit to Brian Kelly because he's such a, a wacky kind of guy, but he has done a good job there in his first year. So, kudos to him. But college football – I wrote about this over the last little while about the expanded playoff. this was in my midweek top ten on Wednesday. And just what the expanded playoff is going to do and what it's going to mean, especially for Penn State going forward. So let's just say Penn State runs the table, finishes ten and two. they They went into this, ranked fifteenth in the college football playoff rankings. This week. If they go 10 and 2, they're probably in the top 12. And hey, man, if you're a Penn State fan, the playoff can't get here soon enough. Think about this. This is just wild to me. Penn State has not beaten a ranked team. And if they went out, again, you're talking Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. Penn State will have not beaten a ranked team all year. So they can win 10 games, no ranked victories, and lost badly at Michigan and by double digits to Ohio State and still finish in the top 12. So, you know, whenever the playoff gets here, I think it probably 2025, maybe twenty we'll see, but that's how easy it'll be, folks, for Penn State to get into a playoff. It's, it's wild. I have said for years, don't devalue the greatest regular season that we have in American sports, which is college football. And yet, this year, now, there's no guarantee Penn State will be, will, will be in the top 12, probably 12 or 13. They'll be right there on the cusp. But this year as an example. Penn State could go 10-2, and two, no ranked victories, lost its two biggest games, And if there were a 12-team playoff, they would have gotten in. Then I went back and looked. 2018, Penn State lost to Ohio State, to Michigan, and to Michigan State. And finished 9-3. The Lions had one victory over a top 25 team that year. Against Iowa, they ranked 18th. So 9-3, lost to Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. One top 20 victory. Penn State finished 12th would have made the playoff. It's just, I, I my head starts spinning when I think about the word I'm going to keep using is easy. Just <laughs> how how crazy easy it could be. My God, Penn State, not only do they never have to beat Michi- or Ohio State ever again, they may never have to beat Michigan again. How, I mean, how many years into the future could if you're if you're Penn State, you lose to Michigan, you lose to Ohio State, you finish ten and two, and you're still either in the top twelve or right there on the cusp of being in the top twelve. Now, one caveat to it is once USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, uh, that'll add a tougher opponent. Up- but again, still it's the same it's the same concept. If Penn State loses to Michigan, loses to Ohio State, and finishes ten and two, that means they will have beaten either USC or UCLA. You figure a pretty quality victory. Uh maybe got some other nice Big 10 wins and 10 and 2 still gets you to the playoff. I just it's fascinating to think that that is the case or that could be the case, which is why I keep getting back to this. Uh Penn State fans, that 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 expansion to 12, that can't come soon enough. And it certainly can't come soon enough for James Franklin because you know who knows that 10 and 2 can get to the playoff. James Franklin. they would have gone 16, 17, 18, and 19. and this year, if they go 10 and two and they finish that, that would that would be five potential top 12 finishes for James Franklin in a seven year span, yeah, it would have become before the 12 team expansion. But I, I want to mention this in closing on this podcast because we're talking about the expanded playoff. I'm going to have a column up Monday. Previewing the college basketball season, and one thing I'm going to discuss is the possibility, probability, uh, likelihood of the NCAA basketball tournament expanding to, I would guess, 96 teams. That's kind of a round number. Been discussion about that over the last week, week and a half. Um, The NCAA kind of wants, there's a push toward maybe getting a tournament that has about 25% of your teams Into the tournament well there's 360 division one teams now in men's basketball you got to figure you get 90 teams in the tournament and so there are a lot of people who have been in favor of of a of an expanded football playoff who seem to be pretty damn vehemently opposed to an expanded ncaa basketball tournament but i'll say this if you're listening to this as a penn state fan an expanded basketball tournament could be potentially great news for Penn State because to get into the field of 68 is always going to be pretty challenging for Penn State. To get into a field of 96, oh man. Now you're you got a chance to go dancing a good bit and huh, I'm a Syracuse fan. Syracuse is the last dadgum team on the bubble almost every year. So uh, especially in the post-Jim Bayham era. I don't know what's going to happen to Syracuse basketball, but if they go to 96, then, yeah, I would think Syracuse can get into a tournament in 96. But, again, the point is you go to 96, you keep so many more teams alive. Now, the drawback is you're keeping basically mediocre teams. Dan Wetzel from yesterday wrote this, and I do agree with you. You're keeping mediocre teams in the Big Ten and the ACC and the Big 12 alive you're not necessarily creating more opportunities probably for a whole lot more mid-majors. You're creating more opportunities for teams that finish under 500 in their power conference. And that that's not going to be cool if we we're seeing 7 and 11 teams in their conference get in the NCAA tournament. But that is coming, folks, just like the 12 team expanded playoffs coming in football. We're going to see an NCAA tournament probably within a few years that's uh, above 90 teams. Probably 96, I think, seems to be like the, the 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 right number from a bracket standpoint. So I'll have more on that in my uh, college basketball preview coming up on the site on Monday. All right, that's going to wrap things up for me from Bloomington. Penn State routes Indiana 45-14. Sean Clifford is still the guy at quarterback. Nothing has changed. We got Maryland coming up next week. Enjoy the coverage. I'll have a whole bunch of stuff here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks for tuning in, folks.